God invites us to become all-in followers of Jesus. And to invite others, too. We believe that we've got to hand that baton of faith to the next generation. To provide place for families in our valley, to have somewhere to bring their kids, find community, and know they're valued. A place where people can move from rows to circles on Sunday and throughout the week. I believe that through Jesus, I'll have a path and a purpose to help others. We will always be a church that will do whatever it takes to make room for people, to make room for everyone. For everyone. I want you to go ahead and look around the room, look around your living room if you're online, and uh, I want you to notice uh, who's around you, and everyone that's a millennial, please raise your hand. Just go ahead and raise that up, okay? Boomers, boomers, stop looking that way at them, okay? All right, boomers, raise your hand, okay? All right, millennials, raise your hand back up. Boomers, look at them disapprovingly. Okay, just kidding, okay. Um, Next question. Uh, if you're a Democrat, raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. I'm just playing. I'm playing. Whew, playing with fire right now. Okay. <laughs> Seeing if you're paying attention this morning. We live in a divided time. More divided in history than many people have ever seen. Many wise Elder people who have said to me, man, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. A time where we, as a nation, we as individuals, are defined by what we're not for more than ever. We're defined by who we aren't. We're defined by what we're against. And I want to flip that today because I don't think that's a great way to live. I believe that we are called to be people who would ask the question, what am I for? That's what I want to ask you this morning. What are you for? Don't tell me what you're against. Don't tell me what you're not for Tell me what you're for. I want to go beyond that because I want to talk this morning about what we are for. What we as a church are for. And I want to use Jeremiah chapter 29 to let, take a look at what we might be for in the Everyone Initiative. Jeremiah chapter 29, and I know some of you are already thinking, ooh, goody, goody, my favorite passage, okay? You're thinking Jeremiah 29, 11, which states, somebody help me, come on. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Some of you have it on a mug. 
Some of you got it on a pillowcase. And somebody probably had this on a cross stitch in their room, something that looked a little bit like that as they were growing up. And you looked at it and you thought, God's got such a good plan for me. Today's going to be a good day. Grandma made that cross stitch for me and I'm so excited about it. And I just want to burst your bubble a little bit. That's Jesus junk, people. That is some Jesus junk out of context. Okay? Like you got to be careful about your bumper stickers. You got to be careful about your mugs. You got to be careful about your Jesus junk because sometimes we just take things out of context and we make them say whatever we want to say and that's not really that helpful. And I know I'm offending a few of you because you're like, hey, I like crafting. I like cross stitch. Don't mess with me in my verses. Anybody in here? You're like, don't mess with me in my verses, Brian. Come on, be honest. Somebody, I offended somebody a little bit, a little bit. Raise your hand. Somebody raise your hand. It's going to be good for you. Right there. I got one in the back. Hey, you don't cross-stitch. You don't look like a cross-stitcher at all. <laughs> Come on, somebody's got to admit it. It's a little bit It's a little bit iffy that I would be talking about grandma's cross-stitch right there. Okay, I see you. I see you. Here, we can be friends. I bought you something. It's a coloring book. It's a coloring book that says, I know the plans I have for you. Can you help me a second? Come on, come on, come on. Yep, you got to run that back to her. There you go. Perfect. Bring that back to her. Bring that back to her. There you go. There you go. Okay. Now we can be friends. Oh yeah, just pass it back. Pass it back, pass it back. You, you know, she's got her hand right there. Pass it back, perfect. Thank you so much for your help this morning. Lots of passages out of context in there. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm expecting some great things out of your coloring. Okay. <laughs> it's like those little things that say, don't worry, God's got a plan. A really bad situation. Don't worry, God's got it. God's got it. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. These cute little quotes that we have about God, not that they're bad, not that they're wrong, but before we jump to conclusions about that passage in particular, I want want to give you some context, because context is really, really important, especially for a guy who is a total Bible nerd. Please don't take passages out of context. Read the whole passage, because you'll learn even more. It'll be even richer for you. Jeremiah chapter twenty. Nine, the context of it is this. There's a prophet and his name is Jeremiah. He's known as the weeping prophet. He's known as the weeping prophet because his life was hard. His people, God's people, were taken out of Jerusalem and exiled into somewhere called Babylon. Babylon. Babylon was the bad guy in that time and in that day, and they didn't want to have anything to do with God. And God's people, in the midst of this book, in the midst of, for I know I have the plans for you, are in exile. They're in captivity. And they're not in captivity for like a week or two weeks or a two-year pandemic stretch. They're in there for 70 years. 70 years in captivity. Jerusalem has been decimated. The temple has been knocked down. And it is in the midst of this, in the context of this, that Jeremiah gives some instructions to God's people. He says, hey, I heard that there's some folks that are are saying that the Lord has a word for you. And they're false prophets. They're saying on behalf of the Lord, hey, It's going to be okay. 
It's gonna be all right. You're gonna be fine. We'll be back. We're gonna be back in Jerusalem by next week. It's gonna be great. That's not what was happening in that moment. What was actually happening in that moment was that they were having to endure exile, endure captivity, endure living in a place and a time that was not open to the Lord, that was not uh, looking for the best that God would have to offer to them. They were in exile. Play this game with me. What if... What if we lived in a time when we didn't believe that actually that many people believed in Jesus anymore? What if we didn't trust? What if we didn't trust that the powers to be had the interest of God in mind when they were making decisions? What if, what if, what if we looked around and the world around us seemed to be crazy and broken and godless? Could you... Do you maybe imagine a time that felt like that? What would you do? What should we do? Jeremiah 29, verses four through seven. It doesn't say we should hide. It doesn't say we should escape. It doesn't say we should fight. This is what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Notice, God carried them into exile. God is saying, I carried them into exile in Babylon. By the way, Bible nerds, unite, okay? Remember Babel, Genesis? We're gonna build a tower. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna be like God. We don't really need God anymore. God confuses them. God brings about chaos. That's Babylon, Okay, a little short sermon. Sometimes God brings you back to the place of your greatest chaos because you didn't learn the lesson. That's free, okay. He says this, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So Jeremiah brings with him a message about what you do in a moment when the world around you does not mirror the ways of Jesus. What do you do? Do you hide? Do you holy huddle? Do you pray for escape? Jesus, come back because I'm sick of dealing with this and I'm not very long suffering like you are. Do we fight? Better buy some more guns. Buy some more ammo. Might come and take them. What do we do? is what it says. This is number one, we should build. We should build. It says, look, build houses and settle down. Make the place of your greatest exile, make it your home. Build, settle down. Like th- this is a building project, guys. It's a building project. We, we are expanding upon our campus. 
We believe that God has led us into this everyone initiative so that we might build. And if you're looking around Bozeman and the surrounding area, you might notice a little building going on. Over a hundred houses going in right across the street from here. Some of you are in the midst of this. You're going, man, I just moved to town. I'm trying to figure out how to build and how to settle down. This is part of what we're doing. If we're going to be for the community, we're going to be for the city. God's going to call us to certain projects, to building things, to settling down and helping others build things and settle down in this area. Not a tourist, not a tourist, but a settler, someone who is here. We're called to build. Number two. We're called to grow, grow. There's two pieces to this. It says, plant gardens and eat what they produce. I love this. It's a picture of a garden. It's a picture of gardening. Gardens and plants need to grow in both depth and in width. Andy Stanley uh, wrote a book called Deep and Wide. I love that book. It's all about church growth. And it says, hey, you want to grow in both width You want more people, everyone to be here, but you also want to grow in depth, right? You want to grow deeply. You want to be rooted and established in God's love together as God's people. So you can can, uh, grasp all that God has for you. And so we're called to grow. If you're sitting around going, well, hey, you know, I know Bob told me to check my heart last week on that what's in it for me thing. Can I just tell you something? There is something in it for you. Here's what it is. We want you to grow. We want you to grow. It's very simple. You're going to hear this over and over. We want you to gather. We want you to gather here, gather online. We want you to gather as the church each and every Sunday. We want you to connect. We want you to be in a journey community. Move from rows to circles. We don't even have a place in this building where we can do circles, right? So that's part of the heart of this. We want you to move from rows to circles in a journey community. Life is better done in a circle, better done with others. We want you to serve. We want you to figure out how to give your life away, your, your time and your talents away, serving in base camp, serving in the welcome team, making, making a cup of coffee, um, being a part of setting up these chairs each and every Sunday. Find your place to serve. And then we want you to give. For many of you, this is going to be your moment where you get to start being generous to a generous God. You get to start responding and, and some, something in your heart is starting to say like, it's not mine anyway. And by taking this first step, by, by giving every $1, every $100, $1,000, whatever, whatever God calls you to, you, you get to be part of that generosity journey as well. Gather, connect, serve, and grow. You're going to hear this over and over and over again. Why? Because we want you to grow. We want you to grow into everything that God has for you. And I'm telling you what's in it for you. You will be more like Jesus. You will be more like Jesus as you practice the ways of Jesus. We want you to grow. Plant gardens that grow in depth. And then the other part of growing is this. It says this. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number, do not decrease. My translation says this, have some babies, okay? All right? Like, have you heard this lately? I have in the last two years. Boy, I don't want to raise a kid in this world. 
man, I feel awful for parents who have to raise kids in this world. Man, I'm really scared for my kid growing up in this world. Stop it. Stop it. Have some babies. Right? God doesn't say, oh, let's go, let's retreat, let's go. I haven't, I haven't won, I've lost, it's okay. Like, we're gonna be okay. No, he says, advance, advance the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't back up. The kingdom advances. The kingdom grows. The kingdom increases. Mini sermon, okay? Parents, you don't need to worry and be fearful. What you need to do is help your kids be a light in this world. See that the light shines the lightest when the dark is the darkest. Do you understand that? So raise little lights. Like they, they may be the little Jesus that nobody else sees this week at school. Raise little lights. Don't back up. We need to grow. We need to bring more people into the family of God. We need to invite everyone to grow with us. We need to have spiritual rebirths. We're talking about in November, we're going to be doing baptisms. Baptisms are, are a symbol of you being born what? Again. We're going to make some babies. That's what we do at baptism. I know it's a little weird. Some of you are like, see, I told you it was kind of culty and weird. Yeah, you just wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Build, grow, number three, invest, invest. I like this one. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Invest in the community. Invest in the community. Some of you are doing this in really tangible ways. You see that your business isn't your business, but that it's God's business, and you get to spread the kingdom of God through your business. You don't see it as your money. You see it as God's money, and you understand that you're investing in the kingdom of God with your company, with your organization, with your business. Some of you are new, young, entrepreneurial thinkers, and I want you to get this early. It's not your idea, your concept. It belongs to God. He gave it to you so that you would steward it well and you would invest in the kingdom of God, that you would be for the community, that you would invest in the community. This is, this is what we're all about. See, because we, we talked about this last week. Jesus always leaves the 99 to get the one. He always does. He's not like, nah, not this week. Like the 99, they're kind of needy. And like, they, you know, they didn't, I didn't do it for him last week in my sermon. So like, I don't, I'm not gonna go get the one. He doesn't do that. He goes, no, no, you're gonna be okay. I'll keep you safe, I promise. But I gotta go get the one. I've gotta go get the one. That's the kind of church we are. That's who we are for. We're for the one. And we're for the every. We're for the community. We invest not in things that are temporal and moment-driven, 
but, but we invest in those things that are eternal and that last for beyond our lifetime. That's how we are called to invest. So we build, we grow, we invest, and then we pray. We pray. We pray for our community. We pray for our city. We pray for our neighbors. We pray. I want you to hold on to that one because we're going to engage with that in a really tangible way at the end of this sermon. We build, we grow, we invest, and we pray. Here's what I want you to understand. The Everyone Initiative is for the community. Yes, it's for the next generation. Absolutely. If you didn't see last week, you should go back and watch it. It's for the next generation. We want to pass the baton of faith to the next generation, but it's also for our community. Bob, Bob asked me this question this past week. He said, what do, you think, what do you think the community would say if we didn't exist anymore? Would they miss us? It's just such a great question to ask. Would they miss us? And what we concluded was, we're doing this project, so we want them to miss us more, Right? We want the sense of value in our community to be even higher that we would invest into this community because the Everyone Initiative is for the community. It also is part of our history. It's also part of our history. The commons has always been for the community. The commons has always been for the community. So I want to invite my friend, John Oakland, out to stage to talk to us about a little history. Everybody say, hey to John. Hey, John, how are you? Come on out. Hey, church. John is our executive pastor and has been in the weeds on all the details of everything that goes beyond the, behind the scenes around here. So, John, thanks for all your work. I want to ask you a couple questions yep. uh, about, about the commons, about this property. So give me a little bit. You've been here from the get-go, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So give me some of the original vision around this property, around, around this place. What, what, what did you guys originally want for it? Yeah, I think uh, two major things. First was uh, when, we, when we decided to build, we said we, gotta have a, we have to have a great place for Journey to, to worship. We have, yeah. to have sun, we have to have Sunday handle. We had, we, uh, so we, we got to do that first as long as we have a good space. And, and, and you know, I think you know, it's awesome. It's been a great, great home for us. I mean, we have I don't know if you guys know, we have a disco ball. Did you guys know that? <laughs> yeah. so, next, week, um, next week, next week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, um, and then the second thing was we wanted to make sure that this building wasn't dark and cold yep. between, you know, Monday and Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. That it would just be used for church stuff. These, so, guys, these guys know that because yeah. they're the 11 o'clock service. <laughs> yeah. Nine o'clockers, they go to nine o'clock, so they don't have to clean up the chairs, but you guys know. Eight stacks of eight, get yeah. to the edges because we use it all week long. It's, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so what we wanted, we wanted a space where folks who maybe uh, are searching for God, yeah. maybe haven't had an encounter with Him, that maybe uh, they would come into our building, come onto our campus at an event, uh, something we're doing, something fun, and uh, maybe through that they would actually have their first encounter with That's God. Great. Yep. That's great yep. original vision. We're just going to continue that vision. So keep going with that thought though, because. One of the things I always had a hard time explaining when I was in Big Sky right. was, okay, so there's Journey Church, but it meets in the commons. Yep. Like most churches are called Journey Church. They got a big sign and all that. Ours is the commons. Tell us how right. that came to be. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of fun, actually. Probably 11 or 12 years ago, we actually invited our, our congregation to uh, be a part of naming 
this, this campus? What would it be? We had, we had lots of submissions. I bet we had 100 or so submissions, um, some great, some not so great. Uh, but it was, fun to, it was a fun list to look at. And I think the reason uh, the commons rose to the top was because of this definition. If you read uh, the definition, can you read that yeah, for us, yeah. Brian? So commons is this, a land or resource belonging to or affecting the whole of a community. Love that. I mean, that, that's what we're talking about. That's why, that's why we're inviting people onto our campus. Uh, how do we include everyone in our valley into this campus? And so it's, and, and even in our expansion, we're like, how, how are we gonna reach beyond our walls? Yeah, so, that's awesome. So. I, I love that. I even, can you throw that picture back up? That's the original picture. Check that out. That field out in the middle of nowhere that's where they thing. were like, John, where are you buying property? Why, what? Yeah. Now it's like five to yeah. seven minutes from the new high school, depending yeah. upon how fast your kid drives and how much he breaks the speed limit, yep. right? Yep. So it's good. That's awesome. So, okay, so tell me more about, like what happens here throughout the week? What are some of the highlights of things that have happened over yeah. the years here? I bet some of you know, but I, I like to, when people ask that question, I like to say that, and we do everything from a, a little Girl Scout meeting over in that base camp wing to, you know, the Montana Epi- Economic Outlook seminars. Riveting, sounds riveting. It, it is. <laughs> If you like Montana and you like economics, it's, yeah, it's, it's I'll go next riveting. time. But uh, uh, seriously, but we have, um, we have TED Talks in this room yeah. every, every year. That it's an awesome yeah. event. We've, we've had comedians on this stage, right? We've had concerts in here, big yeah. concerts. That's awesome. You have Fall Festival. I was looking at a list of all the things we've done. Fall Fair, Big Sky Bravery just did... Uh, a huge fundraiser here raised almost a million bucks. Our community raises a ton of funds in this room that yeah. help the community, which Absolutely. is awesome. Absolutely. Okay, tell me, tell me one of the strangest, most interesting things you've ever seen on our campus. Uh, so it's hard to believe, but we had women's rollerball practice in Ro- this. Roller derby? Roller derby, yeah. Really? Roller derby. Yeah, roller derby. In here? With the disco ball? Yep, Exactly. <laughs> It didn't. Why isn't that here anymore? Uh, I, I, I don't understand because we know yeah. the Lord loves roller derby. We do. We know the Lord. <laughs> so I don't. That's awesome. Probably my most favorite thing uh, that I ever saw happen, which is really unique, was uh, a guy uh, trained his dog to skateboard in our parking lot. True story. True story. Skateboarding dog. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Super jealous of my that dog. dog. Can you? No, yeah. uh, he's not, not going to do that. To them. I'm not jealous because my dog, I'm jealous because yeah. I couldn't skateboard. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so we've got a long history of this, John. Talk to me about um, what does this allow us to do for the community moving forward? Yeah, I, uh, maybe a quick answer would be more of the same. I think there's going to be unique uh, events down there yep. in this unique space. But, but more than that, I think what I'm excited for is I think that our, uh, it's about our kids and yeah. it's about our students uh, and our, our, what I call our young church. And I think, I think those people are going to be the folks that are going to be bringing people on their arms, their guests, they're going to bring them into our new space um, to enjoy. Yeah. And I think uh, folks that maybe haven't had their encounter with God are going are gonna to do that. In, the, in our new space. I can't wait for, to see the fruit of that. And then also this room, uh, when we get busy, this room gets kind of small. It's big right now, it gets kind of small. Yep. We're running out of space in here. We think that some of the things that you're gonna talk about in a little bit, we think some of that space down there is gonna help us overflow yep. 
uh, from this room and there's gonna be unique opportunities to worship down there. Love that. And uh, so I think that's gonna help us. Absolutely. Lots of reasons for us to be excited about this project. John, I, wanna, uh, I just wanna say thank you. Like, I can tell you this. Seriously, you guys, this building would not be here if it wasn't for John Oakland. Uh, there's a very good chance Journey would not exist the way it exists without John Oakland. So John, thanks, man. Thanks yep. for all you're doing. Really yep. appreciate it. Come on. Okay. Can I, can I leave now? You can go. Thanks. Get out of here. Keep, keep going. Thanks, John. I want to take uh, just a few more minutes to look a little more in depth, especially if you missed out on this last week. Because like John said, I, just, I, have a, uh, I love imagining what this space for the community might look like. So here's the, here's the fly-through of it. Uh, this is coming in through the front doors of the new lobby space. It'll all be over there uh, to the southeast. And we're just so, or uh, sorry, that's totally wrong. Don't even worry about that, southwest. Anyway, um, we're so excited about where that's gonna be. People are gonna walk in to give you a sort of a, a bit of uh, understanding of how big this space is. So we currently sit in a 35,000 square foot building. That includes offices, this room, and the base camp space. Uh, this new space is 22,000 square feet. 22,000 square feet is a significant add. That's why it's seven and a half million dollars. Uh, 22,000 square foot addition for the community. And I just, I look at these videos and these pictures and I just start imagining how it's gonna be used, right? I can imagine uh, that right across the street, right here, is the YMCA. That didn't actually happen on accident either. When we had availability for land, we got in conversation with the YMCA and helped them get out here on that land. And I can imagine that there will be those coming out of those doors, walking across the street going, hey, I wanna, I wanna have a cup of coffee. I wanna sit in uh, that coffee shop and I wanna hang out and, and, and enjoy fellowship with somebody or uh, on Sunday morning. Um, we don't have a place to move from rows to circles. Like we have a hallway that we call a lobby, okay? But we're gonna actually have a lobby space and a coffee shop. In old school, old school churches, we call these fellowship halls, okay? Um, but this is a coffee shop where you're gonna be able to gather. And uh, like John was talking about, it's an overflow space. We figure we can put uh, somewhere around two, 300 uh, out in that area during worship so that they might be able to experience uh, worship in a unique way out there, but be here and be a part of the gathering so it will alleviate some of the space around here. And then I also imagine that some of these um, stay-at-home parents will come in, get a coffee, and then their kids will head over to the playground. And what I can really imagine is uh, they're not gonna be able to get their kids out of the playground. <laughs> We're gonna have parents who are trying to climb up and get their kids out of that playground. And, and, and there will be no cost, there will be no charge. Uh, there's going to be, uh, it's a four-season uh, which we need around here. It's just gonna be an incredible place where people can, can step in and go, man, I've never been in a church like this before because we're for the community. Imagine being a hub for the community, for Bozeman, for Belgrade, for Gateway, for Three Forks, for the Valley and beyond. I want you to imagine what that could look like for the kingdom of God. Lots of different stories 
coming up throughout these times together. And I want to share one more uh, with you. This is a family who, like many of you, they left for a little bit and now they're back in the last couple of years. And while they were away, they were uh, able to be part of a church who did a similar uh, project. And it had great implications for their community and for their family. And so I just want to share a little bit of their story with you. Check this out. We are the Frizzells, Barrett, Mary, Scott, and Elizabeth. So we moved back to Bozeman in 2018 after being uh, out of Montana for 18 years uh, and lived in Texas. So we looked at uh, a number of different churches uh, in Bozeman and uh, came to Journey a few times and it, it just it felt very similar to the church that we uh, attended in Texas. It was a, a time of that the church was uh, crowded. It was big and um, I wanted our kids to grow up in a space that uh, it could grow, have space to let the kids play while we had coffee or had Bible study or just to visit. It was nice to meet outside of church during the week to enjoy quiet time with friends uh, while kids played. It was a special space. I just remember as a big um, place where we could like, I met a lot of my new friends and then there's just this big stage of where we like worshiped and stuff. And it was kind of fun. There's a lot of games around there. It's like a safe place for us to like feel known and- Th Think there'll be snacks there? Hopefully. Oh yes, of course, <laughs> snacks. You know, seeing um, just a, a community become vibrant and absorb churches, not just where you go on Sunday, it's, you know, it's where you meet friends, it's where kids um, develop relationships with, with other kids, you know, and aren't afraid to bring people that haven't been to church, you know, and are excited to spend time here. So I'm hoping that you can find your place within this story and that you're beginning to get a better and better picture of what we're for um, and how you can be for it as well. We are called to build within the city, to grow within the city, to invest in the city and, and to pray. And, and so uh, I thought it'd be really appropriate for us uh, this morning to spend some time in prayer for our uh, community. Uh, maybe you've been paying attention to some of the topographical maps. Uh, those represent different spots around town. We tried to place them as correctly as they could uh, around town. Maybe you look downtown and you think of some folks that you know that live down there. Uh, maybe, maybe you're a farmer and you're looking at the high line, you know where that is. What I want you to do is I want you to look around at those and I want you to think about the people that live there the ones that live there. And what I want you to do is I want you to get a picture of someone in your head. Somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe they just know him as a cuss word. Somebody that hasn't met Jesus yet, hasn't been to a church. Somebody who needs God. I want you to, I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to picture that person. And then uh, I want to corporately, I want us to, to just lift them up in prayer and then lift up our community in prayer. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we collectively lift up these people before you. Their names, their faces are in our minds. 
and you see them as well. You know what they're going through. You know what they are in need of. You know their story. And Jesus, I pray, I pray that you would go after all of these ones. And I pray that you would use the work of our hands in concert with that. That these people that we have in mind right now, that they would come to a relationship with you, to knowing you in a real and vibrant way and that it would change everything for them. Jesus, we hold up these ones to you. We also hold up the every to you. Jesus, we, we pray for those who serve in our community. Pray for those in law enforcement. Pray for the fire department. Pray for those who serve in, in the medical field. Jesus, we pray for the schools and the teachers and the administrators. We pray for all of those kids, all of them that you would say, come, let the little children come unto me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. We pray for our governmental officials. We pray for our farmers who just brought in their crop. We pray for our young entrepreneurs who are trying to grow businesses. We pray for those who have invested long into this community. Jesus, we pray for this community. I pray for Bozeman. I pray for Livingston. I pray for Belgrade, for Manhattan, Three Forks, Logan, Four Corners, Gateway, Big Sky. God, I pray that that this project, but more importantly, our lives would would shine like lights. That we would not hide that we would not hide that light, but that we would shine it for all to see, God. That we would be a city on a hill. We lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.